Hello. Hey, John. How are you today? I'm good, Dan. How are you? I'm good. W- good morning. Wake, uh, waking up early today for the show, I understand. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, it's early. Are you still in bed? Are you podcasting from the bed? I am. I am in bed, and I am podcasting from bed, yes. <laughs> good. Yeah, it's good. It's... um. It feels it feels nice. I haven't had anything yet in my body, not a single thing. And uh, so I feel like I'm in that in-between state. I'm a little bit of light. I'm a little bit of earth. Oh. I'm a little bit of I'm a little bit of night. I have a little bit of girth. <laughs> in a given 24-hour time period, how much time do you think you spend? In your bed, just an average day. Hmm. Well, I don't get very much sleep anymore, which is a source of uh, like great discomfort and sadness to me. But I do spend time in bed, reading or working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of like in bed yeah but it's not it's not any more than uh i mean eight hours max really yeah how much sleep are you getting you say you're not getting a lot but everyone has a different no i mean perception of that four hours of sleep oh you can't do that no i can't it's really um it's really impossible but somehow why so little well i just don't sleep um, is this because like, you're still doing the thing where you, you, you're pushing yourself to stay awake, to read one more page or do one more thing and, and just resistant? Well, yeah, Dan, that's a thing I've been doing since I was six years old. <laughs> uh, that's not a thing that's likely to change, but, but now I'm also waking up at eight in the morning. So why is it? Why, why are you waking up at eight in the morning? Because God wakes me. Oh, God wakes me with, uh, with his mighty klaxon. Well, I know all about that. I mean, I wake up early whether I want to or not. I just am awoken. Yes, I was never that way though. I was I was always sleep till eleven thirty. I right. could easily sleep till eleven thirty every day, but it's not it's not happening anymore. I don't know. You know, old people old people, Dan, I don't know if you know about old people, but old people don't sleep as much because I don't know. I don't know why they're dying and they don't, but I would not, you're not old. Well, Oh, I just had a little coffee. That's the first sustenance I've taken. Coffee really is the thing that sustains me. Yeah. Here, I'm going to have another little bit. Hang on. Uh huh. Mm. Um, Dan, I am old. And did I tell you I was at comic con and, and, uh, I went to a party one of those Comic-Con parties, uh-huh. fancy party. Uh-huh. And John Landis was there. And uh, uh, some other fa- famouses. But mostly it was showrunners and writers and, you know, the people that really make the engine of Hollywood putter along. Some people who actually were running actual shows, famous shows. And then a lot of people that are clamoring up the ladder in a world that I don't care about at all or not 
don't care about, but I have no, I'm not competitive with, with those people. And there's a guy who comes in and he's a handsome guy. Okay. You, you're talking about yourself. Nope. A long haired guy with a beard. And, um, and he just has a sort of like, you know, he's not like a, he's not blowing you away with his handsomeness, but he's certainly handsome and he's, he's making the rounds. He's, he's working the room. This still sounds like you. And I can see him looking at me out of the corner of his eye. He's watching me. <laughs> he sees, sees me as he's making, you know, and I'm talking to people, but I just, every time I look up, he's kind of like, he's over here and, but he's, you know, he's, oh, he's aware of me. And eventually he finds a reason to be in my side of the thing <laughs> and he strikes up a conversation uh-huh. and his name is, you know, Sean Patrick O'Shaughnessy O'Grady. <laughs> okay. I'm not familiar with his work. Well, and he says, you know, he's a documentary <laughs> filmmaker and he's speaking with this delightful Irish brogue. And uh, he's made a documentary uh, and it's on Netflix. And he's very charming. And he wants to be Facebook friends. And he's just, and, he, and once we're talking, he's still kind of working the room with his eyes. But right, right. Maybe there's someone better has come along or he's, well, he's not, he's not opportunistic, uh, in that sense. He's just at a party and he's, he's making it in Hollywood. He's not somebody that's just going to like stop talking in mid sentence because, because somebody famous walks by. He's, he was genuine. He was a genuine person, uh, within the context of, of this kind of party. And we're talking and chatting and making, you know, we're playing the dozens, but also he's curious about. You know, he wants to know more and, and, um, and then if, uh, somebody comes over and starts, interrupts us and starts talking. And then a a friend of mine waltzes over. And so he and uh, Sean Patrick start chatting while I'm trying to divert this person who's interrupted us, you know, like by saying, ah, yes, you know, what's good is a shot, shot glass full of whipped cream. Why don't you go try it? <laughs> and uh, while I'm talking to this woman, I hear Sean Patrick say to my friend, how do you guys know each other? And my friend says, oh, we went to high school together. And it's true. There was a person at this party that I went to high school with. And I hear Sean Patrick kind of let a beat go by. And he's like, well, if you guys are the same age, why does he look so old? And I was like, aha. <laughs> and in fact, it was true. Like my friend had just a little bit of gray in his beard, mostly still, you know, completely brown right, beard, right. brown hair. And although around the eyes, we both had the same kind of amount of smiley crinkles. Yeah, yeah. I just looked 20 years older not, or, you know, quite a bit older because I'm very, very gray now in my beard mm-hmm. and there's gray creeping into my hair. And the thing is, my friend, my high school friend has a 17 year old. It's not like he is oh, right. to, to, uh, because I keep saying that my beard went gray when my, my daughter turned like three, which is true. But, and it turned gray fast, but it's not, 
you know, my friend certainly had all those worries, admittedly years ago. Now he's got a 17-year-old. You don't worry about your 17-year-old, do you? Anyway, so I'm confronting this idea that I am um, I am an old. No. And I, I was, you know, I was hanging out with the with someone sort of contemporaneous with this story, uh, with the young lady, and she went off to to um, do something else, and another person younger than she is, you know, she's young appearing, another a, a, a woman younger than she is, a woman in her twenties, said to me casually, kind of leaned over and said, "Is that your daughter?" Oh no! I was like, "No, no." no. No, it's not. I look older and she looks younger, but still, no, it's not my daughter. No. And so I'm just starting to have to get comfortable, Dan, with the fact that I just look older than I am. And and I look like people are receiving me. They're seeing me as an an old. Well, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm not going to paint my beard. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't try to to do anything to appease their incorrect perceptions but i so i have a couple follow-up comments and questions for you in regards to this the the first one is i think that younger people and that would be anybody who is not in the same age bracket as you so if you're are you in your you're in your late mid late 40s right Late 40s, yeah. Late 40s. Anybody who is not in their mid-40s or older will not be able to guess your age. In fact, and this is something I've seen time and time again, in fact, the older, I mean, sorry, the younger the person is, the less able they are to correctly guess an age. So if if you're with somebody who's in their 20s, they have no... The, the only people that they know that have any gray at all are their parents or grandparents. So therefore you're, they're going to put you in that category and they're going to incorrectly guess your age or put you into that much older kind of a category. And I'll give you a case in point. I'm in my uh, early mid forties. I had gone into a store with my son and the person who was working the register was a young woman. I would put her in her early mid twenties and we were talking about something and I made a joke saying, Oh, I think I'm too old for that. And she's like, what, what are you 32 years old? And I said, wow, that's really nice of you to say, and I'm about 10 years older than that. And she's like, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I would receive comments like that occasionally. And, and I thought, okay, I'm, I must look a little bit young for my age. And then, as we've discussed on this program, I grew in a beard. And it was a nice, thick, beautiful beard. But it has a handful of gray in it. It's, it cro- I think it's just crossing the point of being salt and pepper and being a little more salt than pepper. You know, it's not mm. all gray, but it's there's a bunch of gray in it. To the point where um, somebody asked if I was then after I had grown in the beard and this was only a couple months later than the, the comment that I was in my thirties, they guessed my age in early fifties, which didn't make me very happy 
really at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a big part of it is not also not just the fact that you have the gray in your beard and your hair, which by the way, I, I will say a lot of people, uh, members of the fair sex like that mm-hmm. and, and might even target you for having mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But I think also the length of your hair and beard contributes to that. And I, my question for you is when you were uh, running for uh, city council, you had a very closely cropped and very trimmed beard. And now it seems to be sort of longer. Do you think that if you were to, I'm not suggesting, but I'm saying if you were to trim things up a bit, that might, do you think that would contribute to maybe having a younger appearance? Uh, oh, there are a lot of things I could do to, to, uh, youthify, mm-hmm. youthify myself. I could, <laughs> you know how, when you are driving down the road and you see those anti-abortion billboards, yeah. uh, that say life begins at conception, sure. et cetera, et cetera. And there's always a picture of a baby, like a baby face yeah. up on the billboard. And the baby is almost universally a hideous baby. <laughs> Like, I don't understand, given like how many beautiful babies there are, there are also, and this is a thing people don't talk about. They don't feel comfortable talking about it, but let's just say, let's just be honest here in this forum and say, there are some ugly babies. There are. Some people end up having just ugly babies and those babies often grow up to be beautiful people, but they were ugly, ugly, ugly babies. And uh, every once in a while, you get a beautiful baby with big eyelashes and, you know, nice, uh, pretty little baby. But uh, there are an awful lot of terrible, terrible babies. And the parents cannot see that, of course. They think their baby is pretty. But up on these billboards that are like, life begins at conception, heartbeat at 16 days, there's always a picture of a baby that is just like, just appears to be chosen for its unattractiveness and it's like, it really forces you to confront that babies are bad. You know, a lot of them are just plain bad. And any, any time a baby in one of those ads is, and they're they're always billboards. Anytime it's a girl, they do that thing where they put the little flower headband. Headband. Yeah. Little pink flower over there. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Always. It's one of the only places I see that flowered headband. And um, earlier this year, I knew a, I knew a mom uh, who had a, a darling little girl, and she put that thing on mm-hmm. the baby every day and for every photograph. And she was a prolific uh, internet baby photographer. <laughs> right? Like, here is the baby again on the Instagram. I don't know why I just said that like Bill Cosby, but I kind of did. Here is the baby. uh, (laughs) And every time I would be like, you know, her baby's actually awfully pretty, but this thing, I don't understand this thing. And then I started to understand it. It's like the baby has no hair Mm -hmm. and the mom is worried that people won't understand that it's a girl baby or they they won't. They're exposing its gender, if you will, because babies can look gender neutral and for a long time. Right. And that isn't something that 
I guess certain moms are happy about or like they're, they're like, she doesn't have any hair. It's like, she's a baby. <laughs> Who cares? But you know, they want their baby to be pretty right away because that's just a big part of the fun that they're going to have with their child. Like my child is pretty. I'm going to dress it up and comb its hair. And it's like, you know, it's children are dolls to some people, mm-hmm. but I, I find that flower ridiculous. Like, it is ridiculous. A child does not want a bungee cord wrapped around its head. So it's not helping the baby at all. Mm-hmm. It's not, the baby has no hair, so it's not keeping the hair out of her eyes. It's purely a decorative thing to assuage the mother. And in the case of a, in the case of a anti-abortion billboard, it's like, in a way, it feels like the, it feels like Jean Benet Ramsey type. <laughs> right. No, I, I know what you mean. Baby prom. And I and I and I when I see it on those billboards, I always feel like the those billboards are targeted at a lot of people, but but the only people that they really are are um that they have any chance of swaying mm-hmm. are presumably pregnant young pregnant girls who are are afraid and they're driving in a car with probably somebody else driving you know they're driving in a car with their mom and they're pregnant and they see this picture <laughs> and they see that baby with the flower on its head uh-huh. and it and somehow it hits them and they're like, Oh, you know, like those are the most vulnerable people in that conversation. Like me driving down the street, seeing that billboard, it's just an annoyance, right? It doesn't, it's not likely to cause me to go. I didn't realize that. So life begins at conception. My goodness. (laughs) Well, I've been making the wrong political decisions my whole life. Thank you. Billboard. No, it's like they're, they're just hoping to scare some girl. Right into having doubts and into freaking out. And so that little flower on the head also feels like something that a, that a young mother would do, you know, as part of like, as part of playing with her, you know, having her baby be a doll. So I could do all kinds of things to my own appearance, uh, like put a little flower headband on myself to communicate youthfulness i could i could completely shave my gray beard i would probably look 15 years younger i could wear a baseball cap that was kind of that had a flat brim that was tilted little bits Mm -hmm. off to an angle Mm -hmm. right so i kind of looked like a like a skateboarder (laughs) right sure i could uh i could wear knickers and and walk around with a baseball bat over one shoulder and a and a and a mitt in my other hand and i would look like one of the little rascals Um, but I'm not, I'm not interested in appearing young. I'm just conscious now of appearing old and of, of, of that being not just more responsibility, but also I'm trying to calibrate my inner feelings to my, to outer life because I don't think there's anything grosser than a 50-year-old guy trying to be 30 years right. old. Right, yeah, I know, I agree with that. 
We would like to say thank you to Blue Apron, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, and they achieve this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. And it's actually true. There are very few things. I can cook eggs really well. Uh, and that's about it. Steaks and, and, and smoking meats, of course. But when it comes to actual meals, I've never really been able to do that until I started trying out Blue Apron. And I got a bunch of their meals and they send you these really nice little recipe cards. And I, first of all, I looked at the picture on the recipe card and I said, okay, this looks like something fancy. This looks like something like really nice. There's no way that I'm going to be able to like make this myself. I'm not saying that it looked like some, you know, super high end gourmet French thing. No, it looked like really good food that you would get at a really nice restaurant. And I said, there's no way I can make that. But you know what? That's fine. I'll, I'll make it. It'll look kind of crummy. Maybe it'll taste okay. Wrong. I was totally wrong. You can make this stuff. If I can make this stuff, you can make this stuff. Uh, Blue Apron, they work with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. And as a result, they have seafood that's uh, sourced sustainably. They have beef, chicken, and pork that come from responsibly raised animals. They have produce that comes from farms and uh, that practices regenerative farming. And you know what? They have a lot of gluten-free options on there, which is important to me. Uh, they, they have something for everybody there. And what's fun is that you now, instead of being in that situation where you're like, oh, what are we going to make to eat? I don't know what we're going to have tonight. Do you want to make anything? No, let's just do a frozen pizza. Like, no. You're going to cook. You're going to cook with your significant other. You're going to cook with your family. And a little trick for you parents, fellow parents out there, if your kids are like mine and they don't want to try anything, if you involve them in the cooking process, they will want to eat it. Try it. And try it, why not, with Blue Apron for less than $10 per person per meal. Or if you are a John Roderick-sized person, then instead of two people per meal, it's, it's one. You're a big guy. He eats a lot. He only eats one meal a day. This is a fact. So go check them out. The URL to go to, blueapron.com slash roadwork. And if you go there, you'll be able to see this week's menu, and you will get your first three meals for free with free shipping. Pretty good deal. BlueApron.com slash roadwork. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. I think you're entering that time period where it's less obvious what to do. In life, you mean? I mean, as far as like the, these aspects of life that you're talking about, like, like it would, if, if you're, if you're 18, you have, or even 21, you have unlimited possibilities. If you wear a suit, you look like an up and coming, you know, corporate type guy. Or if, if you wear the baseball cap at an angle, then you're like in, in that scene. You know what I mean? Like you have the, you've got unlimited choices really. And there's nothing off limits for you. But I feel like when you reach a certain age, then it, it's like you're saying, it's like, it looks like you're trying if you do something a certain way. Like, can you wear a hoodie anymore in your late 40s? Are you allowed well, to? I would say yes, but there are, pe- there are people who say you can't. Who, Dan? I feel like that. I feel I've, like done sh- just- I've done shows with people who said that you can't wear hoodies in your f- late 40s. Can't wear hoodies? Yeah. 
I'm not saying I think this. I'm just throwing. I'm throwing throwing you a ball. You can hit it any way you want. Uh huh. Well, you know, everybody's got a different. I mean, I don't want you to. I don't want you to get on an airplane with no socks on. So I guess, sure, there are people that can say you can't wear hoodies, although that's just an item of clothing. It's a, I mean, hoodie is an absolute, like, an absolutely neutral item of clothing. Yeah. Although maybe I would say that because at one point, uh, Magnet Magazine said that I was, um, I was Bob Dylan in a hoodie. That was one of my favorite <laughs> moments in my rock career. Uh, it, it's It's got a lot more to do with, like, I was at a different, I was having dinner uh, not very long ago with, um, with two ladies, one of them, uh, a young lady that was my date for the evening. And then we ran into an, an old friend. Let's, let's even go as far as to say ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. of mine. And the why not invi- us, invite her on the date? Well, yeah, the three of us went to a separate location and had some late night tacos and at the taco restaurant. Uh, my ex-girlfriend's very like lively person and we hadn't seen each other in a long time. And so we were chatting and, and really, you know, my, my gal friend, or I'm sorry, my ex-girlfriend is like, got a lot to say. So I was listening to her and we were talking about old times and my new lady friend with whom I had been talking almost nonstop for five days. Like we, we are solid. We're like, we know what we know what's going on. It's right. not like and she's not like a chatter anyway. She's just sitting and listening, you know. It's not it's not that she is excluded from the conversation. It's just that this is not the the forty five minutes of her life where she needs to make sure that she's talking the entire time. And some drunk at a neighboring table mm. decides that he needs to come over and say and start talking to her. And, and he does, you know, Mm -hmm. he just like comes right over and, and, uh, and very much, even though my younger friend isn't like talking in that moment, this guy just like straight up interrupts the conversation as though to try and cull her from our herd. (laughs) And I said, Hey guy, um, like we're hanging out here and you are intruding so can you move it along and he and this is late at night and it's in a it's in an an environment ripe for this kind of thing he says well didn't seem like anybody was talking to her and i said well it may not have (laughs) seemed like it but i don't think she wants to talk to you so again like cut it cut it out and he said oh well you know you're ignoring her or something like that. And I said, none of your beeswax. Right. At which point he leans in to like whisper in her ear. And I had a visceral reaction. Yeah. What'd you do? So I put my hand on his head <laughs> and I pushed him hard <laughs> and was standing up by this point. And he's got a couple of friends there, one of them too drunk to do anything, but one of them like kind of at his side. And we have the, we start to have this verbal exchange that you could probably predict where this guy's like, well, you know, I was just, uh, 
you know, you're, you're a bad date or whatever. And I didn't know she was with you. And I was just trying to rescue her from your boring party and all this <laughs> stuff. And then I also was sprinkled in with like, don't ever touch me again. And just kind of, you know, and I'm there and I'm like, oh, and also my lady friend is laughing and she's like, you know, kind of whispering to me, like, if he, if, if he needs his ass kicked, I will kick it. You don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to kick his ass. All right. And I was like, I'm not trying to kick his ass. I just like, let's get out of here. This is boring. And my, uh, you know, my ex-girlfriend also could karate chop this person into oblivion. And she's just like, let me pay the bill. And we're having a, the three of us are having a very relaxed and unproblematic moment. But this guy is 25 and he's trying to figure out if he's going to square up. He's at, he's squared up on me, but he's trying to figure out what to do now. And I'm standing there and I'm like, I am not going to get into a fist fight with this guy and his friend. Right. It's just not appropriate for me mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. as a 48 and a half year old mm-hmm. out for some late night tacos with a lady friend and a ex lady friend. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get in a fight with this kid. And so he's antagonizing me verbally in ways that at other times in my life, I would have just taken a step forward and, and put his taco up his nose. Right. Sure. But I'm not, I cannot, I cannot do that. That would not only ruin the evening, but it's just like, it's just inappropriate. It's past the point of inappropriate now for that to even be in my quiver of responses to things invariably things where a young drunk white dude is not behaving himself like the only people I have honestly as I'm sitting here thinking about it the only people I have ever ever punched in the nose they were almost universally white dudes in their mid 20s who were drunk and and not behaving themselves. Right. I've never punched anybody else. <laughs> and so I so I was a I was sitting there and I'm just sort of adopting this like I mean you can't really you can't really be the most interesting man in the world all the time, right? You can't say uh you can't stand and just sort of look inscrutable uh, and bear a bunch of like dim-witted insults from a guy who is very conspicuously standing like nine feet away, right. just far enough away that I would have to that I would have to alert that I was going to hit him by taking a step forward. Like he knows exactly where. He got pushed by the face. Yeah. And so he's aware that there's, you know, that there is a physical element to this confrontation. So he's staying just out of range, but hurling, you know, kind of insults that make him feel strong. And I'm just like, just water off a duck's backing it. Like I'm not, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to leave at this point. Right. And 
every single autobiography you real, read by a SEAL team member, they all have a story about they're in a bar <laughs> and somebody's messing with them. You're right. They're in some bar in some place and somebody's like, it's, and it's either one person or like six people and the SEAL or whoever, army badass or whatever kind of badass is writing this autobiography, they're saying there's always some vignette where they say to the person in a low voice, like, look, I don't want to fight, but if you keep this up, right, you're going to get very hurt and I don't want to <laughs> be the one that hurts you. So, you know, I would suggest that you and your mates save face right now. I'm going to act like you have won. I'm going to act like you've embarrassed me or whatever. And But you go before I right. put you all in the hospital. Right. And somehow these Navy SEALs, the, the, the intimation, the um, implication is that they are able to communicate with their thousand yard stare and their low low gravelly voice mm -hmm. they're able to communicate to these drunk nincompoops that they are straight up killing machines and the <laughs> nincompoops always get they always get it right they're always they always feel their blood run cold and they realize oh even though i'm a drunken nincompoop i had better get out of here before i'm uh you know, karate chopped to death and it's a great story. And for years I would read that type of thing and, you know, completely credulous of it and just like, wow, mm -hmm. how cool. But the fact is that, that most of those stories are, are lies, right? They're, they're inflations of the truth because drunken nincompoops in a bar overestimate their own power they have lost their ability to pick up subtlety from other people right there is no real physical indicator of a navy seal some of those guys are big some of them are little some of them are 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 wide some of them are skinny that whole like low that low like listen get out of here before you get hurt thing maybe has worked sometimes when you're dealing with like a sober guy in a parking lot, but in a drunken Navy bar, no, you're going to, if, 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 if a group of guys is picking a fight with you, you're going to get in a fight. And I'm sure that I'm sure they get in fights and they probably do not like you, they probably don't beat up six guys and they probably don't break everybody's neck. You know, they're just, just like, that's just part of the mythology, the seal mythology. But you want at the age of 48 or 49, mm -hmm. having been through the things I've been through in life, you want a little card that you can hand people in that situation and go, well, look, I'll go there. If you want to go there, like I'll go there. I don't want to, and I'm going to get hurt. It's not like I'm, it's not like I'm going to hurt you and I'm going to walk away like with my, um, bow tie slightly askew. Like if I get into a fight with you at this taco restaurant, it's going to be awful. I'm going to get hurt too. The night is ruined. 
stop doing this, please. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want any part of this, but also you can't be rude. You can't be rude. You can't interrupt my party. You can't whisper in my girlfriend's ear. No, like there are going to, there are consequences. So like decide quickly if you want to, if you want me to get hurt and you to get hurt and there to be tacos all over. And, and if you want my two lady friends to both kind of be disgusted with me because I didn't find a more graceful solution. Like, ugh. So we walk away. And of course, you know, that doesn't feel good either. You don't like to just turn and say like, all right, kid, well, keep yelling at, keep yelling at my back because that's the last thing you're going to see. Like, he's like, don't ever push me again as we're walking away. Don't ever touch me again. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm never going to see you again, guy. <laughs> right. No. There's zero chance I'm ever going to touch you again. Uh, but that's less, that's, I guess, because when I was 25 or even 35, you know, you want to stand there and say like, don't you touch me again <laughs> or whatever, you know, don't you, do, do, do. I don't know. I don't even know why I, <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling this story, <laughs> but, it, but, but there is like edging into 50 years old, which I'm currently doing right up my 49th birthday is in a month month and a well two months i'll be 49 and there's no pretending with 49 it's not like you're it's not like you can say i'm in my late mid 30s or late <laughs> mid 40s it's like you're 50 years old right all my all my friends are 50 right at, at uh my whole crew not my music people but but my whole gang of of friends they're all 50, 51, 52 now. And, uh, you know, and, and, and sadly, there's not a lot of, nobody's run the flag up the flagpole, really. Nobody's like, yeah, check it out. I'm 51. Fuck you. <laughs> because we don't, you know, <laughs> our culture is youth oriented. Nobody wants to celebrate their 50th birthday. You know, there are a lot of, a lot of people I know that are over that line and I don't remember going to their 50th birthday. And the reason is that they, <laughs> that they celebrated it by themselves at a, at a fried chicken restaurant. Like they didn't have a 50th birthday party. Right. And that, that feels sad. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I've got stacked up. I could have, I could open my college diploma at my 50th birthday party. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things I could do. Yeah. And just, that's just to name one. But, you know, but instead I'm walking around Seattle in a crown and a cape. Mm -hmm. With a, like I, some kind of Burger King jumpsuit. Burger King pajamas. Yeah. I, so I don't feel like I have matured to the, to, the, to the point where I'm like an elder statesman who has a lot of gravitas. I'm, I mean, I'm literally wearing a crown around Seattle. So I'm still like a, I'm still like a, I feel like a goofball inside, but. I'm trying to match that to what people see and not have the, not have that incongruity that because that incongruity used to, um, used to, I don't know if disgust is the right word, but that incongruity, when I would see it as a younger guy, mm -hmm. I didn't respect, I didn't respect when I saw older guys, 50 year old guy with like manic panic in his hair uh -huh. <laughs> when I was 
in my late twenties, you know, I, it always seemed, it always appeared unseemly. Like it made me feel at 25, like that guy should grow up. Right. He shouldn't be, that's not for him. That's not his thing to do. He should be doing something else. Maybe shuffleboard or. Yeah. Get on with your life. Right. You know, what are you doing hanging around here with the, with the green in your hair? Yeah. Um, and so I never wanted to be one of those older guys who was still lurking around wearing wearing trousers with too many zippers on them. And I don't, you know, I don't I don't feel at risk of of that because that's not my position in the I'm not I'm not hanging out at clubs trying to get people to listen to my demos. Um but I'm, but I, but being here at 50 or close to 50, right? Like every once in a while, a voice in my head will say like, Hey, you know, you've never really colored your hair. What if you went pink? And, and I go, then another voice is like, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. You should be wearing a tie every day. You're 50 years old. But see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, is there a, because like when I was, uh, young, it seemed like there were dress codes. I realize now they weren't dress codes. They were simply like today. I was at the gas station pumping some gas and I saw a, uh, older gentleman. I would guess he was in his mm, late sixties and he had on one of those sort of, um, I guess, I guess it's a, what I'll call a modified fedora. Where it's Uh-oh. not, it's it's a short brim fedora, not quite a trilby. Yeah. Uh, and this is, but it's made out of sort of a cloth or a canvas instead of being made out of, uh, out of you know like a a, a dressier style material like a wool. Right, I'm saying two strikes already. You've already you've already laid it out. And he's he's wearing this, and my thinking is, you know, he probably wore a fedora most of his young and adult life. And for so? him, yeah, because if he's in his late 60s now, they were probably still wearing fedoras around the time that he was an adult. No. You don't think? No. See, because my, so my grandfather, for example, of course, he wore a fedora probably starting it, I would guess it, whenever they, whenever you would graduate from the little newsboy cap. So in, I'm guessing in your, Teens, late teens, I guess you graduate to a man's hat and, yeah. and and then you start wearing a fedora. So he always wore fedoras like his whole life. And then when we eventually, when he retired and moved to Boca, mm-hmm. he would wear, he would still wear hats, but they were sort of like, they would be fedoras, but they were made out of like a more casual cloth type material. But for him, it, would, it just wasn't natural to like go out somewhere without a hat on. It was part of his makeup. It was part of his DNA. Yeah. We would like to thank Pitney Bowes, makers of SendPro. SendPro? That lets you send stuff and do shipping and print stamps and all that good stuff that you've been wasting your time doing, either like going to the post office and standing in line or, uh, or trying to chase things around at different sites. No more of that. And by the way, uh, consider stamps.com. SendPro has three times the features of Stamps.com for one-third the price. This is real. 
You can print stamps from your computer. It's going to save you time and money. You don't need special equipment. There's nothing to like install some services. You have to install a special app. Nothing. This all works right in your web browser. It lets you compare shipping rates and delivery times between USPS and the other major carriers so you know you're getting the best deal. And Pitney Bowes, when they're doing SendPro, they said, you know what? We're going to get a special deal for all of our users. Saving start at three cents per stamp. They've actually negotiated better shipping rates. So here's what you do. You go to pb.com slash roadwork, pb.com slash roadwork. And if you go there, you will get SendPro free for 90 days. You will get a free 10 pound scale. Does the scale weigh 10 pounds or does it weigh things up to 10 pounds? No way to know unless you do it. It's a mystery. And when your free trial is over, you'll get SendPro for only $5 a month. That special rate is good for the lifetime of your SendPro subscription, not $15.99 like at stamps.com, $5. Three times the features, one third the price. Go check this out. It's a good deal, but you have to go to pb.com slash roadwork to take advantage of the offer. We appreciate the support from SendPro. Thanks, guys. But the thing is, like, men stopped wearing hats of that sort fashionable people in 1960 right because of J- the jfk time period is when that went out of fashion yeah and so let's 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 put it at 1960 and All and right. so of course like everything right in 1960 fashionable people stopped wearing hats and that would have been everyone <clears throat> under 40 mm-hmm there are going to be lots of old dudes who continue to wear their hat because they already they always have and they're 60 years old. And, of course, when you see photographs of a downtown scene in 1970, there are still guys wearing hats. Mm-hmm. But they're older guys. Well, by now, I mean, a guy who's 68 years old, this is the thing, Dan. Like, you can be 68 and have been born in 48. Mm. So you were 10 years old when people stopped wearing hats. I mean, yeah. There uh, I uh, my sense of a 68-year-old who's wearing a a canvas modified fedora is that that is exactly the kind of thing he just recently started doing as a way of like making the as a way of appearing young and fun because young people are wearing canvas trilbies now. Right. And I mean, it's so tough hats, especially like I'm sorely tempted to start wearing a, uh, to start wearing a personality hat, right? Like a big sort of, uh, Stetson, with the brim and yeah. the crown. You all. should absolutely, absolutely do that. Oh, I liked absolutely. Absolutely. Ab- you, you, absolutely do it. You, you, you <laughs> just coined absolutely. And then you, you wanted to step back from it and walk away and pretend it hadn't happened. Dan, that was genius. That's, that's, that's Ned Flanders level. You should absolutely do that. How do you spell absolutely? Well, that's, you're the one that invented it. I think I leave it to you, but I'm going to start using it. Well, sure. It <laughs> seems do. like a natural. You can have it, John. <laughs> it seems like a natural that I would start wearing a personality hat. Absolutely. But the, but the thing is like, 
if I was 25 and I had a personality hat, then it could be my personality hat. I'd be the guy in the, in the, in the, uh, in the giant hat at the, at the Grammy awards. that made me look like a cartoon ant. Right. Um, but to start at 48 and a half mm-hmm. wearing a personality hat, it just feels like it feels like a reaction to precisely this moment, precisely what I'm trying to navigate with grace. It feels like a, it feels like a crutch. It feels in a way like a headband with a pink flower on it. That's just like, I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know how to make this transition with grace. And so I'm going to let this hat do the work. I'm going to let this hat do the talking for me. Mm -hmm. My big, my big hat is going to say like, I'm still young, but I'm also aware of the work of Tom Waits enough to understand that this big hat puts me in a category of like someone who is someone who's lived a little bit class. Uh, this is, this is my, this is my nod to uh, like this, this hat, this conversation piece hat is uh, is how you will know me. And I don't, I don't want to go that gently into that particular good night. Mm. And, and honestly, Dan, right now I'm growing my hair out and that alone might be the wrong move from a distance, you know, like what, what prompted the, the growing it out? I've always done it. I've always cut my hair short and, and then gotten tired of myself, you know, like standing in the bathroom mirror at three o'clock in the morning, trimming my hair and doing it wrong. And then kind of, Oh, well, I guess I have short hair now. (laughs) And so whatever, I made a decision six months ago. Like, I'm just not, I'm just going to stop cutting it. I've done that a thousand times. You've seen all the, pictures of me with long hair yeah. and then all the pictures with short hair, it just goes up and down. It's like, I'm a little bit of a girl in that whenever I have long hair, I want to cut it. And whenever I have short hair, I want to grow it out. But now here I am with my, with my beard, my gray beard and my long hair. Now, if I was, if I was like a beach dude, a surfer dude, yeah, I could be like granddaddy surfer guy with long hair. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, need to have like a tan and wear like a like a short sleeve button front Hawaiian style shirt and yeah, be real thin. Yeah. You know, it's the uh, it's the Iggy Pop version, right? Of being an older guy, but like a like a husky middle aged guy with a gray beard and long hair. It's almost like I need the personality hat to complete the picture. Just some giant Stetson, like a 30 gallon hat, (laughs) a 30 gallon cream colored beaver felt Stetson. That's like too big even for me. It would have to be a size nine. I think you'd look, I think you'd look great in a hat like that, to be honest. That might be it, Dan. That might just, I mean, it might be just this inevitability. And then, yeah, it's, I, I think I think 
and and you hear you hear older actresses talk about this quite a bit and by older like by actress standards right 30 37 <clears throat> and they are starting to get pushed into this category of older actress and <clears throat> older actresses talk about it and i think they are reflecting something that women experience in general which is that they become invisible as they age because all that attention that's directed at young women, all that, all those eyeballs that are always focused on young women, they just don't see older women. Even older women that are glamorous and beautiful and, and, uh, and tailored, there's just not the same attention paid. And older actresses don't get amazing roles anymore. They're not cast as romantic leads all of a sudden the only jobs they can get are as moms and i think it's it's pretty frustrating and it's the rare it's the rare susan sarandon that is able to transition to like dramatic roles and it's less true in men because we don't see men with the same eyes and judge them the same way but but like I say, when I was 25 and I looked up at older guys, there were definitely signals mm. older men sent that I <laughs> that and some of them were like, yes, I like what he is projecting into the world. And other ones, definitely I did not. And I don't want to be one of those. One of those I do nots. I don't want to get into fights at taco restaurants. Mm-hmm. I do want to continue to go on rope swings into rivers when the opportunity presents itself, but I don't want to, I was at a river the other day and everyone else at the river was 22. And then I was there as like a guy that came down out of the mountains or something like they didn't right. know. What, what, what is the response when you, when you roll out? Well, uh, the response is like, who's, Whose dad are you? Right. And you would say, and, well, I'm, I'm, my daughter's just not here right now. Yeah. Or I'm like, you know, I don't know. Do, are you looking? Do you need a dad? Right. I'll be your dad. But everybody here is, is they're having like, let's go jump in the river times. And I'm like, I want to jump in the river. I want to get on this rope swing and, and swing out, fall into the river, just like everybody else. Uh, but, you know, when I'm, climbing up to get on the rope swing, climbing up the tree and looking out at the big wide river. I'm also very conscious of like, well, look now, look kids, if I start drowning out there, you're going to come out and rescue me, right? right? River's moving pretty fast. Uh, I don't know, Dan, that we've talked a lot about growing old with grace and that's, um, I guess that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> 